Thanks once again for listening to Cranford Radio. We're continuing our series. We have one more to go after this interview where we've been interviewing the various members of the Township Committee. Today's guest is Deputy Mayor Ann Dooley, and welcome to Cranford Radio. Thank you, Bernie. It's my pleasure. As we've been doing with this series, it's really not focusing so much on current issues facing Cranford, although we may touch on that somewhat. It's really getting to know the person who is serving in the public office. And we've done these, as I've mentioned, with other members of the Township Committee uh, and other elected officials who are serving Cranford. But uh, we haven't had the opportunity to sit down with you and talk a little bit about your background and what attracted you to serve in public office. So why don't we start off by telling us a little bit about where you grew up and uh, your upbringing, if you would, please. The corner of Holly and Alden. That's where I grew up. Uh, we moved here in 1963. I was a toddler, and um, I lived most of my life in Cranford. Uh, with my, I have six brothers and sisters and my parents. We lived uh, on the river, so I'm very familiar with river life in Cranford, downtown life in Cranford, and Cranford. Went to Cranford High School. Uh, did go to St. Michael's until I was in fourth, uh, including fourth grade, and then went into the public school system after that. Where did you go to school after uh, Cranford High? I went to Ohio State as a freshman. Uh, I went there to play basketball, and then I did transfer. I graduated from Holy Cross in Worcester, Mass. Growing up on the corner of Alden and Holly Streets, you say you're very familiar with the river. Was flooding ever an issue at your house? Uh, on our side of the river, the Holly Street side of the river, the, the majority of the yards are very deep. They were designed, I assume, for the uh, prevention of flooding issues. So our house never flooded, um, but the river did come way up. Those yards are very big, at least on our block, and the river did come way up. The only time I remember maybe having a little bit of flooding in the basement was either Floyd or Irene. I forget which one it was. And the basements were not um, finished uh, because they were designed again to prevent flooding. One of the things that uh, Cranford Radio has done on Facebook is we've posted various then and now pictures of Cranford. And we had some of Holly Street, which is remarkably the same uh, looking back from the early 1900s to what it is today. But as I posted that, I learned some interesting things as I was doing a little bit of research. And some of that uh, involved your dad. Uh, he was involved with saving many of those homes on Holly Street. Tell me a bit about that, if you would, please. Well, I was very young when he did that, and he ran for the Board of Education. The reason he ran for the Board of Education, as I understand it, was at that time there was a movement to take some of the grand houses on Holly Street down and build, rebuild the high school. I think they wanted to move the high school over there. And it would have been actually on the river. So you're talking about some of the grand old Queen Anne or Victorians, however you want to categorize those homes. And uh, obviously, that included our home. So he and a number of our neighbors became very active in politics, and he ran for the Board of Education in order to prevent that from happening. My understanding, talking to somebody else who's a um, longtime Cranford resident, Arthur Kayami, a former chief, he told me that the compelling argument that my dad made was, let's look at the demographics, let's look at the data. And you're going to see that the um, census of students is going to be declining. We don't need this building. And there's a cheaper way to do it, which was to put the addition on. So he did run, and he won, and he became a member of the Board of Education as a result of that. And there are, is no high school on Holly Street. I do remember Grant School across the street from, from that. Uh, that was the high school at one time. Talking about your house a little bit more, again, one of the things that I discovered was that there was at least one fire that uh, affected that home, wasn't there? 
actually there were three. So when I was in fourth grade, I think, uh, yeah, fourth grade, the first and most devastating of the fires happened. You know, those houses were very old, had old electrical. That fire started in a closet that was between two bedrooms shared by both bedrooms and was very devastating. And uh, we kind of lived in a diaspora for a while while that home was, well, the home was redone. So, of course, there were nine of us, seven kids. So we were broken apart for a while living in different homes. My youngest brothers, I have two brothers who are younger than me, five, were the five, fifth, sixth, and seventh. Remember, we lived in one place. My older brothers were in two different places, and my sisters were in different places yet again until we were finally able to get back onto the, I guess, the first floor and start living again together on the first floor. You mentioned going to college and playing basketball. Did you play basketball at Cranford High? Yeah, I did. I went to Ohio State on a partial scholarship. That's why I went there to play basketball. I, I swam competitively, too, as a very avid swimmer, but those are the two loves of my life, basketball and swimming, at least up until I uh, discovered scuba diving. Tell me a little bit about that. That's my thing now. For since for about 30 years, I've been an avid scuba diver. I just got back from one trip with my family. It's um, absolutely my favorite thing to do. Talking about going into politics. Um, you've served on the township committee now, I believe, two years. This is your second year. Fifteen months. <laughs> what brought you to run for elective office? Well, I don't really consider myself in politics. I really think at the local level, we have to, and I have to do it too, I have to even be better at it, is try not to be thinking of things in terms of partisanship, only what's important to the town. So I try to as best I can put blinders on when I'm actually in the decision-making mode. But how, why did I get involved? I'd been asked a, a few times, and uh, as a full-time, always having a full-time job uh, and being a parent, I didn't think, and demanding jobs, I didn't really think I could commit the time that was that is involved. As my son went to college um, and my job duties changed, they changed jobs, I had the time. And I thought that now is the time where I can do it and believe that my skill set would be uh, a good supplement or complement uh, to the township committee's role. And that's why I did it. You talked about your job. Obviously, the people who serve on the township committee have full-time jobs outside of what they do for the township committee. Tell me a bit about your occupation. I'm a trained attorney. I litigated for over 20 years. I was the general counsel for a very large um, public works contractor. Uh, in fact, we did a lot of work um, on the, the turnpike, the parkway. The biggest job we've done involves the trains and especially post 9-11, the World Trade Center and the path. So I have a lot of background in construction litigation and construction period, and especially on public works jobs from the legal perspective, how to bid, how to do requests for proposals, um, all of those sorts of things. And I think that particular skill set helps me a great deal and is a, is a good attribute to have brought or good career set of skills to bring to the township committee. Litigation, of course, always helps because the township is always involved in litigation. Now I'm in risk management. I work for a re, a, what's called a reinsurer. We essentially insure insurance companies or at least partially. And so I have a lot of risk management experience at this point too. Some people may remember your entrepreneurial uh, endeavor, Southside Roast. Tell me a bit about that and what that experience was like. That was a really fun but hard experience. It ultimately was not a successful business. But again, in terms of why did I run and what do I bring to the table, that experience is very important because I completely understand uh, how every business in town, no matter how 
successful we perceive them to be, the challenges they have financially, the regulatory challenges that they have. And I bring that with me every time we make a decision that involves the businesses. I'm very sensitive to that. Any change we make that could add an additional cost to them, I recognize it's a real burden. It's not uh, every one to two or three percent burden we put on them is very significant. I believe that that's a big advantage that I have when I look at those businesses, if not an advantage, certainly an insight that informs how I make decisions. It's tough. It's very tough. And, you know, one of the things that I didn't know before I did this, the coffee shop, was that, for example, PSE&G, not just PSE&G, Jersey Central, um, they get a surcharge on every business. And it's a very significant seasonal surcharge. I believe it runs from April to maybe the beginning of October or the end of October. And it's a huge burden on these businesses who all have high electrical uses, no matter how tiny they are. Um, And those are the sorts of things that people aren't aware of that I became aware of as a result of running that business. That business was located at the corner of Centennial and Elm, part of Centennial Village. As you look at either the downtown area or the Centennial Village area, what are some of the things that you learned from your experience of owning a business and store owners working together? The Centennial Village experience would be very different than the DMC, uh, the downtown retail uh, experience. Centennial Village is not part of the DMC. So there is no unit that works together or has a common uh, interest that they're able to present to the township or a voice that they're able to present to the township. The Centennial Village organization is really about the beautification of that area, and they do a spectacular job. They raise money. They do a great job having beautified that area. The, in terms of the businesses having a voice, there's just no conduit for them. They act individually, and that's a big distinction. There's an advantage to that. They don't pay the DMC tax, which would be a big burden to them, and they don't have to work together which is also sometimes a good thing, right? But it's also a disadvantage in that they don't have that one point of contact with the township committee. It's a big disadvantage in in, uh, that respect, but I, I can't really speak for the other businesses. In the relatively short time that you have served on the township committee, what are some of the surprises about serving on the township committee that you've discovered? The time commitment. No one tells you what this time commitment is like because otherwise no one would ever run. For example, at our last set of meetings, we're, of course, in the budget process right now. The workshop meeting, which is always on the Monday night before the Tuesday Township Committee open meeting, we were here to 1240 a.m., and then the next day we have to come back. And then two days in a row, I have other meetings for committees that I serve on. So I'm also on the planning board, so the following Wednesday I always have another meeting. It's very time-consuming. The other surprises uh, have to do with just how lean municipal government really runs. It's incredibly lean, the number of personnel we have um, and our budget, our meager budget resources. That's been uh, the biggest challenge and the biggest surprise for me. Uh, I think as a result that the township committee members that we bring in and we have been bringing in, their skill sets are really important. We have to subsidize and complement them. It's very, very lean. And it's not at all like running private or uh, even a publicly traded corporation, of course, but not even like a private business. It moves very slow. And it's designed to move slow. You talk about complementing and subsidizing the skill set. Explain that a little bit more, what you mean by that, please. So the township has a township administrator 
who works as essentially the CEO of the com of a company, but we don't have a COO, and um, we don't have an assistant township administrator. We have an assistant to the township administrator who's very skilled and terrific, but doesn't come with the same skill sets that a township administrator has. That's a real disadvantage. There's We have a staff of well over 200 employees. We have a $40 million budget, very undersized uh, personnel to run such a large organization. That's the biggest issue. So the township administrator does everything from negotiating the collective bargaining agreements to dealing day-to-day -day with every single department, the budgets, uh, police department, fire department, all of those things. So you can imagine how understaffed we really are. We're not alone. This is the way municipal government is. But I don't think you know that if you're not involved in township government, just how lean everything is. The set skill sets that we bring that we can complement, like I said in my case, I, I've had you know, 25, 30 years of litigating, risk management, um, engineering and construction um, experience, and other members of the township committee bring things like finance, tech experience, communications, marketing. Those sorts of things are really important. This year you're serving as the deputy mayor. Is that any different for you than serving as a committee member? Not at all. I'm just sitting on the bench waiting to, uh, you know, for a sick day or something like that. Really, there's no no major difference, uh, except for you know if the mayor, of course, is out of town, and something happens, you do step into the um, shoes of the mayor. Uh, I guess I can do weddings now, but I don't. Uh, you know, the mayor does does the weddings. Uh, if OEM is, gets called in for a, a storm or whatever it is, oper, uh, the Office of Emergency Management, yeah, you get involved. You'd be the substitute member of the OEM in place of the mayor, but there really aren't many differences. In the 15 months that you've been serving on the Township Committee, what are some of the things that you've enjoyed? I am the uh, liaison for the committee to the Cranford Community Connection and a few other committees. With the Cranford Community Connection, in particular, we've done some very fun things. We're going to do more fun things. We did the pooch plunge over at the pools at the end of the year. Uh, last At the end of last season, at the end of September, we ran the first ever pooch plunge in Cranford where people could bring their dogs over to Orange Avenue Pool. The dog could get a swim, and we combined that with the rabies and licensing program. That was a great hoot. It was a lot of fun. A lot of video on that one. Porch Fest was a Cranford Community Connection event. This year, um, on April 22nd, Earth Day, we'll be running the first ever uh, Get Fit Cranford, which will be part of the Mayor's Wellness Campaign. That'll be down at the, this will be at Lot 1, the municipal um, main parking lot. We'll be closing off parts of North Avenue. It's going to be a great day. Lots and lots of activities for all ages, from senior citizens to children. And on June 2nd, we're going to do our first ever tough paddle, our own creation, because I, I do think we need to exploit, uh, take advantage of our unique assets, which to me are include the rivers and the pool, and, and the pools, because those pools are great facilities. And so to utilize the river in a unique way, tough paddle is going to be sort of like a tough mudder. It's going to involve paddling, portaging, maybe even walking in the mud, a little bit of running, and it should be an absolutely terrific event. I think it's going to take a good competitor a little over an hour to do it. Looking really forward to that. And there's more to come from uh, the Cranford Community Connection. That's been a hoot. Uh, also, I'm very um, active in sustainability matters and enjoy working on those. I'm working on that right now with the green team and coupling that with the DMC to do see what we can do on a sustainability basis downtown.
Well, we've been talking to Deputy Mayor Ann Dooley on Cranford Radio. Deputy Mayor Dooley, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you, Bernie.